Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we'll be welcoming back three-time guest, Kathy Cool. Kathy Cool is the author of Homeschooling Your Struggling Learner and Staying Sane as You Homeschool. She lives in the woods of Virginia with her husband. Kathy enjoys hiking and reading, and she is grateful to have so many encouraging friends. Encouraging Your Child is her first book for all parents, not just those who homeschool. You can learn more by visiting learndifferently.com. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 verse 9. Welcome everybody to this episode. I am so, so thankful to know today's guest. She is a three-time guest, which only one other guest has that title. Um, So that means that you know that I truly, truly enjoy today's guest. I'm, I'm blessed to call her a friend uh, in homeschooling and a friend in learning differently, having kids that learn differently. And I'm equally blessed to call her a mentor in guiding parents in this journey of, of your kids who learn differently. So uh, with that long introduction, and I've had her on before to talk about her two previous books, And I am so thankful to bring back to our show, Kathy Cool of Learn Differently. Today, Kathy will be discussing her book, Encouraging Your Child. Kathy Cool, welcome back to FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And Kathy and I spent about 20 minutes catching up before <laughs> we started talking. So, so we, we realized we, we do have to record an episode. So we <laughs> were joking about that. So Kathy, since our last conversation, uh, which was earlier this year, um, catch us up on what you've been doing. Well, things continue since the pandemic to give me fewer opportunities to speak in person, but more opportunities to help individual families. So I'm doing more consulting by phone and by Zoom, um, people who want advice on helping their child who learns differently. I'm also spending more time taking care of my own family. Um, Natalie was kind enough to ask about my mom, who is 88 and living alone and trying to keep tabs with her and determine if she needs help and encouraging her to take it. Um, Also um, taking more time with the rest of my family. I have a, this would be one, two, three, four, fifth grandchild on the way in January. And um, I have a, one of my children, my son lives close by. So I get to help out with their daughter a bit. That's wonderful. And congratulations on, on your upcoming, on your new 
on your fifth grandchild. That's wonderful. So I loved the sweet book, encouraging your child, just like so many of the books that, that speak to my heart. It's, it's not a very long book, but it doesn't have to be. It, it, it is perfect. It is just the perfect book for any parent, not just a homeschooling parent, not just a a parent of, of a child who learns differently, but honestly, this book is just perfect for any parent who really needs to reflect on, on how you can encourage your child in, in a meaningful way. So, um, what motivated you to write this book for families? Originally, there was one chapter in my first book, one out of 26 on encouraging your child and helping them keep going. And then that grew into a talk. And that was a very popular talk at conferences. And I kept trying to learn more about this topic. And that kept expanding till I decided that it could be its own little book. It's more than double the size of the original chapter. And also, I realized, as you've said, that this isn't homeschool specific, that is, this isn't special needs specific, brain-based disability specific. This is for any parent or teacher or grandparent, guardian, anyone concerned about helping a child keep going. And these days, but always, keeping going is hard. We want to help our kids to be kids who don't give up kids who can push on when it's hard. We also pray they'll have the wisdom to know when not to push on, but we, we want to help them when it's the right thing to do to keep on in adversity. And I love that phrase these days, but always, I I think I'm going to use that phrase because that perfectly sums up the uncertainty of, of these times, but just in general, and and always, these are things to keep in mind. So that's wonderful. We know that as parents of children with brain-based diagnoses, um, such as FASD, why is it especially important to encourage our children? Some other kids go to school and it's effortless. They're the ones that get all A's, they get bent out of shape by one B. But for our kids, Life doesn't go so smoothly. School, education doesn't go so smoothly. They're tripping up on things all the time. The social cues they didn't get, the unexpected difficulties. So they learn what all of us learn eventually. They learn early. And that is, in this broken world, life's not easy. And so it's very important that from an early age, we start helping our kids to keep on and that we help them to be brave, that we help them to understand themselves so they can be equipped to keep going in in all the different struggles they face. Perseverance is just vital. And in our discussion before we started recording, we were were talking about about one of my children not reaching a milestone, um, you know, when typically other children do. And this book is a good reminder to just stop seeing, again, stop seeing your child the way the world expects them to be Mm -hmm. and start just, and you would think, I mean, (laughs) you would think I would know, you know, after this time to say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to look at, you know, other children who are, you know, this age, I'm going to focus on my child and, and, you know, the needs 
that I see and, and the strengths that I see. So I really think this book is a great opportunity for parents to get discernment on number one, stop comparing, but number two, let's help encourage you know, your child to get through those, those struggles and those challenges and whatnot, and use that encouragement as almost like internal fuel for them so that they know that they, they're wondrously made the way God made them to be. So I, I just really appreciate that. The other thing I really appreciate about this book that I think will resonate with our audience, it resonated with me, was your chapter about intense emotions. Um, you discussed how important it is for parents to step back, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, step back, guide, and support our kids through an intense emotions. And, and again, this is especially true for our kids who interact with the world differently. Can you share some encouragement or maybe some tidbits from, from that chapter for parents who are helping their kids navigate through intense emotions? Certainly. The place for all of us to begin is not with our kids, but with ourselves and our own childhoods, because our parenting styles, even when we don't want to, we end up imitating things our parents did for good or ill, and usually we imitate the mistakes. So it's very helpful to go back and look at our childhood and think about our parents' style of dealing with emotions, responses. Um, And I've learned so much about this topic of intense emotions and dealing with them by uh, Dr. John Gottman. Some of you will have encountered his book. I think it's Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Um, In premarital counseling is where my daughter first ran into it. A counselor friend of mine's recommended it. But the Gottmans, husband and wife psychologist team, have done our scientist team have done a huge amount of work in helping people improve relationships. So I'll just put a shout out for go to the Gottman Institute website. I signed up to get their emails on love notes, which is about strengthening marriages. And that's a little quick note. They've got a two minute um, podcast that you can listen to with just little tips. And those are for improving relationships, not just with spouse, but within the family. And I quoted uh, Dr. Gottman a few times in this chapter, because it's just so helpful. He explains how we can encourage our kids by what he calls emotion coaching, which might sound a little weird to you because it encourages emotional awareness, which sounded weird to me when I first heard about it. I was imagining people who just can't see past their emotions and think that's all of life. But what he was explaining is that parents who raise emotionally intelligent children are helping their kids, he defines it as helping their kids be aware of their emotions and helping them be able to express their emotions and recognize emotions in others and be able to process those emotions so that they can move on and look for solutions. Gottman explained that parents who teach those skills to their children, and he tells all about how to do this in a book I'll mention in a minute. He says that parents that do that help their kids um, learn to express their feelings, understand the feelings of others, and that this helps kids do better with having friendships, with understanding other people, at calming themselves. How many of us need that skill developed in our household? So um, the book is Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child, and I've borrowed from it a little in this chapter. I've reviewed it on my website, learndifferently.com. 
And I just wish he'd written it 20 years earlier. So my parents could have read it, (laughs) helped me out. Many helpful things there. Another aspect of emotion, helping deal with intense emotion is helping our kids learn to deal with their mistakes. We can demonstrate to our kids, we should be demonstrating, you know, how do we cope with our mistakes? Am I pulling out my hair and screaming at everybody? Uh, With my son, I used to out loud go through the process of what I was thinking when I lost my car keys, which I tended to do when he had someplace he had to be. So instead of um, just fuming or thinking silently, I would say, all right, you know, out loud, I would say the last time I had the keys was when we came back from the grocery store and I was wearing this jacket, you know, I just let him hear me deal with it. And, and with other problems, we can do the same thing, talk through the process, brainstorm with them. That's a little of what's in the book about helping our kids deal with those tense situations, which can trigger an avalanche of emotion. And I love that example you use about how you talk out loud when you when you lost your car keys. I actually do the same exact thing. And I'm so thankful to hear, hear that you do that because I I do it just almost for me so that I stay regulated. But realizing now, you know, after over the years, I realized that I've actually seen my son do it like he he'll be like, OK where was the last time I saw their system? And, you know, and, and having, you know, him having an FAST, I am so incredibly proud and blessed and thankful that he has that capacity of, of seeing how I say, okay, I lost my keys backtrack, talking out loud, having like, you know, that external dialogue that it's, you know, was a model for him that he does that, you know, not, not all the time, but he does that, you know, and hopefully our daughter will start to see that and do that, that when we have a very intense situation, we can stay regulated if, if we use coping strategies such as that, almost like monologuing, you know, and then saying, okay, this is the last time I saw this. So that's, that's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. And the other thing I know that I appreciated this, this chapter reminded me when you're talking about thinking about your own childhood and your own upbringing and just what parenting strategies did you observe? I go back to a phrase that I see often in the FASD and brain-based diagnoses community, which is a dysregulated parent cannot help regulate a yes. dysregulated child. I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing that. I apologize. But um, basically, if you're dysregulated and your child's dysregulated, then nobody is going to get to an equilibrium, you know, to a state right. of balance. But if you can remain regulated throughout the situation, you know, and, and maybe diffuse later, but if you can remain regulated throughout the situation, you are walking alongside your child to help them through that situation. So that, that was one of the things that kind of, I could relate in reading that chapter of, of intense emotions. And I'll be listing Dr. Godman's uh, information that you listed in our program notes for our audience listeners. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, and this book. I love, it's a quick read. I love quick reads because we know as, as parents of kids, you know, who learn differently, we don't have a a whole lot of time to, to read a lot of material at once or, or even over the course of a week or two. So it's really, I consider it to be a guidebook for encouraging your child. What do you think you, you want parents to take away the most from this wonderful book? 
I think the main thing is there's lots of things we can do to encourage our kids. It's not just a matter of modeling um, what I do when I've lost my keys or how to praise effectively, but it's so many other things. We can be teaching our kids about the importance of exercise. I'll tell you, during the pandemic, I've started taking a walk every day at about a mile and a half minimum. And that is really good for my emotional and physical health. Didn't seem like I had the time for it before, but now I'm not driving around as much. There's time. And that's just one thing. Other kinds of exercise, music, doing something creative. We can work with our kids and equip them with a whole selection of different ways to cope and improve their ability to keep going. So don't think of it as just one way of encouraging, but... I try to address it really broadly in this book to give you lots of tools. And there are many tools. There are many takeaways from this book. So again, I am just so happy that you're talking about uh, this wonderful little book. So, um, you know, we've talked about how your work has shifted and you're doing more consulting work and and you're helping more families, which is such a blessing. So let's talk about what events and, and happenings that you have coming up for the rest of the year. So finishing uh, 2021 and even in the beginning of uh, 2022. Thanks for asking. My schedule's in flux at the moment. I'm taking starting a grad school class next month and I'm doing one online conference, but I won't mention it because they haven't announced it yet in November. Hoping to do some more. I'm blogging again after not doing that for a while. So a lot of the consulting, as you said, but the exciting new thing I mentioned to you beforehand or hinted at is that um I'm plan. It looks like I'm going to get to be doing preschool homeschool with my granddaughter starting next month, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's wonderful. She's four and a half and she lives about four miles from here. And in our situation, school and preschool don't look like good options or at least her parents don't feel comfortable with that. So um, they are excited and I'm excited. They both work full time. So Um, this is something I can do and get more time with her. That is wonderful. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. And, and, you know, I, I, I know you have two grown children who you've homeschooled and now they're, they're homeschooling, which is wonderful. Our son, even though he's, he's not grown and flown, he's, you know, he's, he's done with homeschooling, or at least we call it, he's in homeschooling part two, (laughs) but, but we're, you know, we started over with our daughter Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because before we end on our hope takeaway, what advice do you have for parents who perhaps have finished the journey and either they're starting over with their grandchildren, or maybe they're like me where they have a big gap between, you know, their, their mm-hmm. age gap between children. What, uh, what's something that you've learned that you think will be helpful for us who, uh, who are doing it again? Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is probably what's obvious to you, but I'll say it. Um, and that is, uh, you learn, I hope you learn not to sweat the small stuff so much. <laughs> um, and I certainly, as a grandparent, I'm much more aware of enjoying my grandchildren. I'd say also to be patient with yourself. I'd say if you're homeschooling and you're a little older, whether you're doing a couple days a week, like I'll be doing with my granddaughter or with a, a much younger child that's come along, be patient with yourself guard your rest, 
go to bed. Don't be like me. <laughs> Put the book down and go to bed. <laughs> the walking is helping me again also with getting to sleep at night. So those would be the two things. Um, relax and enjoy and um, take care of yourself. I love that. Thank you. I needed to hear that. That was wonderful. So we will be posting this wonderful book on our website under the resources page for FASDHope.com. You can also find Kathy's book and all of Kathy's wonderful information on learndifferently.com. And when you go on there, there's going to be a little chat bot there that says, can I help you with anything? So if you have any questions or if you want to get in touch or leave, leave a message with Kathy, you can do so on her website, which again is learndifferently.com. So Kathy, you've been on our show three times. You know, you're one of my favorite guests. I'm, I'm so blessed to know you. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has put you on, on our path and on our journey. Let's end on a hope takeaway. We're talking about encouraging your child. What words of hope and faith do you have for parents and caregivers who are listening to our conversation and who are just weary and they want to encourage, encourage their child, but they just are not sure how or if, or, or even just when, what are some, some words of hope that they can take away? It's never too late to rebuild or to start over, uh, to try to help hurting souls and damaged relationships. I know our listeners come from a variety of backgrounds. I'm a Christian. So in my understanding, there's no hope without praying. I pray for change in my kids and myself. I pray for wisdom for my kids and for myself. And I consider how I need to change and what new habits I need to build and help my kids to build. Because if I don't change, then my relationship with them isn't going to change. And if that doesn't happen, I won't be encouraging them. I think I'll just also mention, uh, I was thinking tonight about this and I remembered um, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. There's reasons for hope and we want to cling to those and enjoy them. It's going to take patience and it's got to take prayer. Amen. Kathy Cole, it's always a blessing having you on our show. Thank you again for being on FASD Hope. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.